Before we get started today, I'd like to invite you to join Mayor Moreau Weinberger for two online town halls about Burlington's net zero energy future. On Wednesday, March 30th at 5 o'clock, the mayor will be joined by Rewiring America's Saul Griffith to talk about electrifying everything. Then on Tuesday, April 5th at 5, MIT professor John Sturman will demonstrate the Climate Solution Simulator, which shows how our public policies can affect our greenhouse gas outcomes. Visit Mayor Moreau Weinberger's Facebook page for details or follow the link in this episode's description. Hello, Burlington. Welcome to Net Zero Energy. I'm Jennifer Green, Director of Sustainability for the City of Burlington, where our goal is to reduce and eventually eliminate fossil fuel usage. Susie Garrity, a Burlington resident and BED customer, was one of the first EV owners in Burlington. Not only does Susie drive electric, Susie's got a BED home charger, which enables her to take advantage of the off-peak charging rate. It was a pleasure to sit down with Susie to hear about her driving experience and how charging works, not only at home, but when she's on the road for travel. Well, Susie, it's such a pleasure to have you here as a guest on the Net Zero Energy podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Nice to be here. So, Susie, we know that you were one of the early adopters of EVs in Burlington, Mm -hmm. and we also know that you were one of the first people to get a home charger. Can you talk a little bit about what that experience was like and and why you decided to make that move? Sure, sure. Well, I've had my car since 2019, so um, I drive a lot for a living, and I was driving all over the Northeast, um, you know, Connecticut, Rochester, Boston, all over the place. And, you know, nowhere really convenient to fly, just a lot of highway miles. And I wanted a, uh, when we were looking for a more comfortable car, I was driving this beast of a car, um, you know, because all the kids and dogs and stuff. And I was like, this is really inefficient. So I started looking at um, EV vehicles and I didn't think that we could afford one. But happily, I looked into it and I thought, wow, we can absolutely afford one. So, um, so that's really why I made the change because I was traveling so far and just wanted to be more mindful of my impact on the environment with all that driving. And I really didn't think that I could afford it, but I will say I also get reimbursed, um, for mileage. Um, you know, most companies do that. They reimburse you for mileage. Well, my car costs pennies to drive versus a gas powered car. So now I make money when I travel, whereas before I was just investing that money back into the, you know, the care and feeding of my gas powered vehicle. Right. That makes a lot of sense. Not so you're getting, re- you were, you're getting reimbursed for vehicle miles traveled, of course. Yeah. Um, but you're putting no gasoline in your car, but you are charging. And, and I, can you, we know you have a Tesla. Can you yeah. talk about what that's like on the road and yeah, then how absolutely. that charging works at home? Absolutely. And, and I have the long range vehicle. Um, and I, um, I'm also one of these people, like I, when I travel, I don't want to drive for seven hours straight. I'd say if you're one of those people that wants to drive seven hours straight, maybe an EV vehicle isn't the right one for you. But I love to stop and get a cup of coffee and use the restroom. And so it's amazing to me how fast the chargers have gotten. When I first started driving, I would stop and, um, you know, maybe it would take 45 minutes. Now it's 15 minutes. It's crazy how fast they charge. Um, so I'll be, you know, use the restroom, grab a cup of coffee, I'll come back and it's done charging. And I was looking at how much I'm paying and the most 
it's ever cost me to quote unquote fill up my vehicle is twelve dollars and fifty six cents um, on the road. And on the road, of course, I don't get half rate charging like I do at home. So it's so inexpensive to charge this vehicle. Um, so not only am I saying saving a ton of money, but um, you know, for me, for the way I like to travel, it's fine to just stop and get a charge. And I have no, had no problems even finding chargers. I go to New Hampshire a lot. One time I was staying at an inn, the oldest inn in New Hampshire, and I was a little nervous about finding a charger, and I pull into the inn, and they had a Tesla supercharger. Wow. So a lot of places, a lot of private hotels will also have chargers, whether they're Tesla or um, normal chargers. Um, so it hasn't been a problem for me finding charging spots, which has been really nice. That is so convenient for you. So I'm curious, though. I think there is some confusion for folks, myself included, how the Tesla interacts with other chargers. So obviously, when you're pulling in for your coffee and your uh, your charge up on your way for work, you're using Tesla. But at the end, for example, that was Tesla. In other places, though, if it's just a, sort of your standard level two, does that work for you? And how do you? It does. It's just a slow charge. It's, I a, see. it's a drip, 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 as uh-huh. opposed to a, <laughs> a full on fire hose. Um, so uh, and, you know, you shouldn't charge too much on the fast chargers, because my understanding is that that's not great for the battery over the life of it. But I only I do the drip, drip, drip charging at home right overnight and then only when i'm traveling do i do the the super fast charging um but yeah so i can absolutely use any normal ev charger i have an adapter that i keep in my car i can even charge on a regular house uh, outlet it's going to be very slow but if i'm there overnight then i can get enough charge to go somewhere i've never been in that position but it's nice to know that you have those options so, Susie, I understand you also have a home charger. Can you talk a little bit about how you use that and, and what it's like? What was installation like, for example? Installation was easy. I went with a Vermont company called Packetized. Um, and I, the, with the rebate I got from BED, that was really easy. And it paid for, I, if I remember correctly, it paid for almost all of the charger. Um, so that was lovely. Uh, lots of nice rebate surprises all over the place and the folks I did have some issues with the programming of that charger initially and I'd email them and call them up and they're like yep can we come over to your house I'm like sure (laughs) and they'd show up and they'd do a little tweaking and they fixed it so they were lovely to work with um so we worked through those kinks at the beginning and um charging is very easy so on the nights when I need to charge I just plug it in at home And I have um, the car set to turn on charging from midnight to eight because during those hours is when I get half rate um, uh, as per BED. And that's fine to give me a full charge, uh, even if I'm going on a trip. So you can just tell the car when to charge. My only complaint with that is that if you want to charge during the daytime, you have to opt out of that half rate charging and you're you're opted out for the rest of the month, which I don't understand. So that's my understanding is that's a BED thing, not a packetized uh, uh, requirement. Um, so if you did want to charge at home during the day, you'd lose that half rate charging for the rest of the month. Yeah, good to know. So if yeah. you are on the what we refer to as the off peak rate, you're really yeah, committed right. to that for the month to keep with that off peak rate. Right. So once the month ends, 
do you does it automatically sort of default back to off peak, or do you have to yes. opt back in to off peak? No, it it defaults back once the month uh, the new month begins. Yeah. So one of the things that we hear from customers, Susie, that are considering in an EV is this fear of range anxiety. And if I only could be guaranteed that I could charge when I need to, what happens if I get stranded? Was that something you had to emotionally overcome? And if so, how's it going for you now? Yes, I've had that anxiety. I remember one trip in particular, I was Hooksets a favorite stop down in New Hampshire, and I was getting close to Hookset, and it was getting really low because it was freezing cold. So um, I've just learned that in the extreme cold, anything below, you know, I don't know, 20 degrees, I suppose maybe that's not extreme cold here, but you do have to be mindful of the battery and the fact that you lose charge much more quickly. Um, and, you know, I there's so many charging spots uh, in the most, you know, rural places, uh, you know, I, I, I think, I think it's, it's, you just have to arm yourself with the information. So get those apps that tell you where all the chargers are, Tesla or EV chargers. And just, you, you can, all, I can always charge in a house charge if I had to, or a business. Right. Right. So I guess I've kind of worked through it that way and comforted myself. But yeah, I have had moments like that for sure. Yeah. But as I've driven it over the years, I don't, I don't feel that way anymore. Yeah, that's good. And you said you bought your car in 2019. So yeah. it sounds like you're really like, quote unquote, rolling right now. Like you figured out what the charging is like, where it is, uh, what to expect in cold weather. Um, and that anxiety is, is no longer a part of your driving experience. No, no longer a part. I, I think service was another concern of mine. Um how would I get the vehicle serviced? Um, ironically, the first day we, we had the car, we had to get oil for, we pulled into a, you know, an auto parts store to pick up oil for our other car, the gas guzzler. And, and we were laughing. We're like, ha, we never have to do this again for this car. Um, the service is absolutely minimal. Um, basically it's tires and windshield wipers. Um, I have called for service, um, uh, at times, and the gentleman pulls up to the house. Um, it's the same guy every time, and and I'm like, hey, you know, just want to check on if my range is doing good and how I'm doing, and blah blah. And uh, you know, this was when I was at first when I was in, driving it in the cold, and I felt like it was burning through the battery much quicker than it should have. And then he told me, you know, that's how it works, and blah blah, blah and kind of educated me on that front. So they come over there. They're great guys, and they come right to your house or your business and, and service your car. Um, so because there's no service center in Vermont, I was a little worried about that. Uh, but I spoke to people who had uh, Teslas and assured me that it wasn't an issue. Uh, but other than that, I've put zero money into that car, um, which is pretty remarkable when you think of you know our other cars and the gas and the, the oil and the we had to put a, um, a new starter in, in our, our son's car the other day. What do you call it? <laughs> I forget what you call it. But anyway, I can't remember even the, the terminology, but I'm like, you know, the constantly money out with a gas-powered car, and we just haven't had that with the, the EV car. Yeah, well, that's a really good point, because we do want people to understand that while the upfront cost might be more over the life of the vehicle, you're saving money. And if I remember correctly, it's about $10,000 saved on a sort of your standard EV over the life of the vehicle. And just month-to-month expenditures are so much less. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Susie, I'm curious if there's anything else you want to share with us about your experience, good, bad, or ugly, that um, you think our listeners would want to know. You know, the regenerative braking is something that's uh, 
something that you have to get used to. I absolutely love it. And uh, when your foot comes off the gas pedal, it actually sends power back to the battery and powers the battery and it breaks the vehicle as well. So it's almost like driving a stick shift uh, where you can use the um, downshifting to break the vehicles. It's a similar uh, method. So um, there are certain, you know, you do have to get used to driving it. Um, which is, for me, it wasn't a big hurdle, but I, I, I do caution people when people say, oh, can I drive your car? And I'm like, of course, but do you know how to drive it? Because it, it is different, right? I love it. I'm an engineer and I love the engineering of the car. Like it's just mind boggling to me that the, all the attention to detail and everything to make it such an efficient car. Um, it's really uh, quite inspiring for me. <laughs> As you have engineer. three kids. Do you see EVs in their future? Yes, I do. Um, you know, my husband would like a pickup truck one day and, and uh, you know, it'd be, we're, I think we're pretty sold on, on EVs uh, for the future. And the battery technology keeps improving. The range keeps improving. I think, I think Tesla's now up to 500 miles. Um, and uh, I, I can't see going back, frankly. I think this is absolutely the future. The other thing that I would mention that I think is, is um, I'm going to talk about the marketing claims of ranges because mine... The marketing claim is that it's 300 miles. Um, your mileage will vary, <laughs> and your mileage varies based on cold, like I mentioned before. It also varies based on how fast you drive and how fast you accelerate. You know, I think that's something to keep in mind if you are going on a long trip and you're counting on that 300 miles. Most people maybe don't drive 55 miles an hour, so it's just something to keep in mind that that um, that those ranges are based on pretty moderate driving habits. So you just have to adjust accordingly. Lastly, Susie, is there anything else you'd want to share about your driving experience or anything you'd want to say to somebody who's on the fence about going electric? I think if you're concerned about the cost of the car, uh, I would have a hard look at that because with all the rebates, um, I found that that the Tesla was actually cheaper than uh, the um, Volvo that I was looking at that was uh, just, you know, the modest Volvo. So so my point would be, um, you know, new cars are expensive, of course, but um, but it wasn't as expensive as I thought it was going to be. And it's an amazing car. It's just an amazing vehicle. So Susie, thank you so much for being here. It was a pleasure to talk to you and really uh, insightful to hear about your EV driving experience. Thanks, Thanks Jen. Appreciate it. Thank you again for listening to Net Zero Energy. If you have any questions about this podcast or what BED offers regarding rebates, incentives, and technological support, don't hesitate to look for us at burlingtonelectric.com, to call us at 865-7300, or to follow us on Facebook. We're always here to help, and we look forward to engaging with you on our mutual path to Net Zero Energy. Net Zero Energy.